When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. Coming to you on the Mojo 5.0 radio network and streaming on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. You can follow me on Twitter at Right Now Jim Dawes or shoot me an email at Right Now Jim Dawes at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. You can leave a voicemail at 772-245-0750. That number is 772-245-0750. Weigh in with your questions or comments on a current event. And we'll use your call on a future broadcast. What did you catch that PGA championship from Beth Page Black yesterday? That is one brutal golf course. And once again, Dustin Johnson put himself in a position to win and then blew it. I don't want to use the word choked because the conditions at Beth Page yesterday were extremely difficult. But uh, Dustin Johnson, once again, found a way to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory when he missed a, a couple of very short putts that would have led to a playoff against Brooks Kepka. And, uh, you know, I keep rooting for Dustin, but uh, this, uh, this is uh, getting very uh, tragic. He's, he's starting to shape up as sort of a tragic figure who is not realizing his great potential because uh, his apparent inability to deal with um, pressure. And uh, he lost his number one ranking yesterday to Kepka while also losing the PGA Championship. Um, and it was uh, kind of hard to watch, although Kepka is uh, most certainly a inspiring figure in himself. He's entered eight major tournaments and at this point has won four of them. He's won four major tournaments in the last, I think it's uh, a little less than two years pretty impressive and now he moves on to the u.s open at pebble beach and we'll see if he can uh, continue this march he is uh he's now entered the same company uh, as far as winning majors as arnold palmer jack nicholas sam steed and tiger woods so it looks like we've got another uh dominant golfer on the scene i wanted to begin this show by uh making a correction And I may have to make a correction to the correction because on last Friday's show, I mentioned that E-Verify was not part of the president's uh, immigration proposal that was written by uh, Jared Kushner. I wasn't surprised about that because this whole proposal appears 
uh, designed to satisfy the establishment wing of the Republican Party and the Chamber of Commerce's thirst for cheap labor. Uh, but it came out over the weekend that I was wrong, that in fact, E-Verify was included. So there's a correction that E-Verify is included in this policy. But at the same time, Donald Trump gave an interview on Fox News where he uh, expressed misgivings over E-Verify, which if you've listened to this show before, you know that um, E-Verify is the real key to dealing with the uh, existing population of illegal immigrants in the country. They're, they claim it's 11 million. It's probably more like 20 or 25 million. Nobody really knows. They don't know how many there are. They don't know what their criminal records are. They don't know why they're here. But um, one thing we do know is that uh, they're here for the jobs and absent being able to work in the United States, they would, as uh, the famous words from Mitt Romney during his failed presidential campaign stated, self-deport. They're here for the jobs. If the jobs dry up, if they're unable to make a living and send billions of dollars back home to family in Mexico, they will leave. So... E-Verify did make the plan. We don't know if the president is actually committed to it because he is now making statements that uh, he has misgivings about the program. He's trying to appeal to uh, the farmers. He said something to the effect that he had heard from farmers that had trouble using E-Verify. They're having trouble using E-Verify because they want to hire illegal aliens to to help them get in the crops. But... uh, This plan, uh, this immigration plan, uh, you know, it it is a a good negotiating position. You heard over the weekend that a lot of the commentators on the left side of the media were saying that, uh, you know, it didn't deal with the DACA kids. Well, and and that therefore it was flawed. Well, this is uh, just, you know, a, a good negotiator's position. You don't open a negotiation bidding against yourself by giving, um, giving positions that are important to your opponent up before they've come to even come to the table. So, of course, the Democrats' priorities, including DACA and so-called pathway to citizenship, you can read that as amnesty, are not included in this plan because uh, that is something that they will have to bring to the table and give concessions in order to get. Have you noticed, have you noticed that Russian interference in our elections has uh, has suddenly disappeared from the discussion on the big newspapers, the New York Times and the Washington Post and all of the talking heads on the big networks, the mainstream media networks and cable channels. They no longer want to talk about Russian interference. And that is, of course, because William uh, Barr, the new attorney general, has uh, appointed uh, the Connecticut federal attorney Durham to look into the origins of the Russia probe, otherwise known as Spygate, in which the Obama administration deployed their political hacks heading the intelligence and law enforcement agencies of this country, at minimum including John Brennan, James Comey, and Jim Clapper, to spy on the opposing political party. And now that Durham has been appointed, the media talking heads know 
that the lies that they have been peddling for the last three years, trying to paint Donald Trump as a uh, a puppet of Vladimir Putin and having conspired with the Kremlin in order to subvert the 2016 election, they're going to be exposed as frauds. And the real wrongdoing is going to be laid completely at the doorstep of Barack Obama's White House. Now, you would think that the the uh, media might continue to engage in their disinformation campaign. But at this point, the jig is up, ladies and gentlemen, because uh, Durham, I keep forgetting his first name, the Connecticut uh, federal attorney, has been on the job looking into this since September of 2018, and he's going to inherit all of the investigative work that was already done by the Utah uh, federal attorney, John Huber, as well as um, that that was uh, uncovered by the Department of Justice's own Inspector General David Horowitz. So there's going to be a lot to come out, and you've already got um, the swamp creatures from the Obama administration pointing fingers at each other, um, trying to, you know, uh, minimize their complicity in this scheme by by uh, blaming others. And you just have to wonder, watching all this, which of these characters who obviously at this point um, broke the law, violated their oath of office, and engaged in the most massive political scandal in the history of this country. you got to wonder which of those will be the first to flip on uh, their co-conspirators, and if and when these characters will start flipping on Obama administration officials and on the great chosen one himself, Barack Hussein Obama. I don't think it's going to take too long. So the media has uh, sort of uh, gone into radio silence on this because they don't want to be further made a fool of. They've already squandered what little credibility they had while they received Pulitzer Prizes for their false fake news coverage. And now almost nobody trusts them any longer. Their their, um, circulation and the credibility are both going down again. And they can't afford another hit by getting out there in front of this story and trying to uh, further discredit William Barr or uh, the attorney, uh, the federal attorney for Connecticut, Huber. And so they've gone silent and left that task to the regular cast of characters, uh, these these um, Democrats, Nancy Pelosi, she's out there uh, claiming that Bill Barr committed perjury. And Nadler, who is after 19 days of giving absolute being given absolutely everything Bill Barr could possibly give him consistent with the law, had his committee hold William Barr in contempt, an absolute joke. And now you got um, Barack Obama's wingman when he was attorney general, Eric Holder coming out and uh, attacking Bill Barr, claiming that he is unfit to lead the DOJ because he dares 
to look into this uh, this activity of the Obama administration that's uh, so violated the law and led to such a loss of respect of the Department of Justice, the FBI, and the uh, federal intelligence agencies. And all of this, ladies and gentlemen, is because they know that uh, in Bill Barr, Donald Trump has actually brought in a straight shooter to head the Department of Justice. I don't play you a clip here. This is from 1991, way back in the George H.W. Bush administration, when uh, Bill Barr was up for confirmation the first time he was attorney general. And here's what he had to say about uh, conducting the Department of Justice's business without regard to political pressures, either from politicians or from the media. We have a standard at the Department of Justice, an indictment standard. We feel we need to have evidence sufficient to support an indictment in hand that we can prove our case in court. And a lot has been said about not wanting to have a political justice department. And um, I agree with that. And there's a lot of different ways politics can come into play in a case. It can be on the one hand, and I think many of you are thinking of this, You shouldn't sweep anything under the rug. Don't cut anyone a special break. Don't show favoritism. Don't withhold an indictment that should be laid down because of political influence. But there's another side to the coin, and that is don't hand down an indictment because of political pressure. Don't lower the standard of indictment just because it's politically convenient. That standard if I become attorney general, it's going to be one standard, and it's not going to be changed for anybody in this country. And I don't care how much political pressure is brought to bear. I don't care what the, I don't care what the what the op-eds say. I don't care what the journalists say if it's not fast enough for them. And I don't care what the political pressures are. That standard is staying where it is. And right now, that is absolutely the position any attorney general ought to make. And because he is a straight shooter and is conducting the business of the Department of Justice in a non-political, objective way. Of course, he is being attacked by Barack Obama's wingman, Eric Holder, who thinks the Department of Justice should be operated to uh, to uh, defend the swamp and these uh, crooked deep state bureaucrats in Washington, D.C., exactly how Eric Holder did it when he was attorney general and stonewalled uh, Congress over the Fast and Furious scandal where an American Border Patrol agent was actually killed with weapons that were imported into Mexico by the Obama administration. And you got Nancy Pelosi out there claiming that Bill Barr committed perjury because he said that he didn't know what exactly um, Bob Mueller's concerns over his release of the bottom line findings of the Mueller report while he uh, engaged in the exercise of redacting the report that was supposed to have been delivered to him already redacted. Mueller continues to play political games, and um, it's interesting to see that Congress is trying desperately to get him up on the Hill to testify, and he's resisting those efforts. I don't blame him. 
because there are questions that the Republican members of these committees are going to ask him that he does not want to answer, such as, why in the world did you not look into the origins of these FISA warrants against Carter Page? And why didn't you point out to the American people that a FISA warrant on Carter Page is not just a, a, uh, a warrant to spy against Carter Page and not just to collect his information going forward. This FISA warrant, and it's the reason that they were so desperate to get a warrant against somebody connected to the Trump campaign, is the most um, wide-ranging warrant you can possibly imagine. It allows... Uh, the uh, FBI and the CIA to tap their phones, to monitor their, to uh, copy their emails, to listen to their text messages, to place bugs, not only going forward, but also going backward. It allows them to access all of this information that is being collected on every one of us and stored in giant server farms. And most importantly, It allows them to do the same to anyone that Target talks to, the two-hop rule. So if you've got a warrant on Carter Page allowing you to uh, monitor their email, phone calls, text messages, and set bugs, it allows you to, uh, going forward and going backward, it also allows you to do that to anybody that Carter Page talks to. It is, it is a, a ridiculous violation of our constitutional protections of the Fourth Amendment. It's why nobody in Washington wants to talk about this, because it is an absolute outrage that this was ever allowed under the Patriot Act and the post-9-11 um, overreactions. Well, overreaction is not the word I want to use, because you can't hardly overreact to the attacks on the World Trade Center. But it is an egregious violation of our Constitution. Responding to Nancy Pelosi, this is what Bill Barr had to say about her charges of perjury. You are being heavily criticized by Democrats, by the House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. She believes you lied under oath. What do you think of that charge? Well, I think it's a it's a laughable charge, and I think it's largely being made to try to discredit me, partly because they may be concerned about the outcome of a, of a review of what happened during the uh, during the election. What does that mean? That means they may be trying to under, undermine my credibility, but uh, obviously you can look at the face of my testimony and see on its face that there's nothing uh, inaccurate about it. You- there was absolutely nothing inaccurate about it. It was a, a, a laughable charge, as William Barr says there, and the notion that they were going to hold Bill Barr in contempt for refusing somehow to release the Mueller report when Bill Barr, in just three short weeks, nothing happens in Washington in three weeks. That is, that is a light speed by Washington terms. In just three short weeks, he redacted that report of grand jury testimony as required by law and protected sources and methods also required by law and released it almost in its entirety. I think almost 90% of the report was unredacted. 
and they held him in contempt because he refused to violate the law. He would have gone. He could have gone to jail. You can't have the Attorney General of the United States ignoring uh, the law that the Democrats passed, by the way, and that has been upheld by the courts that you can't release grand jury testimony. I want to play you kind of a long clip here. This is from the Epoch Times. If you're not following the coverage of Spygate and the Epoch Times, you really should do yourself a favor because they are doing fantastic coverage exposing all this. Uh, Much, much better than any of the mainstream outlets in the United States, including Fox News who really only report on it in the the evening opinion hours uh, and uh, and allows themselves to be discredited. The the Epoch Times, and you can find them online, are actually doing hard-nosed investigative reporting, sort of in the style that uh, those that grew up in my generation were used to um, to, to journalistic outlets doing, but which is no longer... The case now, you know, opinion is passed off as news and and all almost 95 percent of the media, the mainstream media are pursuing the Democrats far left talking points. But here's the Epoch Times explaining to you uh, the appointment of Huber, I mean, Durham and the work that's already been done by Huber and Horowitz that Durham is going to piggyback on. Well, some continue to insist that nothing was happening until 10 minutes ago when Barr arrived. The truth is actually quite different. Investigations into the Spygate plotters and leakers, such as former FBI Director James Comey, former FBI Assistant Director Andrew McCabe, former FBI General Counsel James Baker, and many others were already started long ago. Durham is going to be the immediate beneficiary of all that hard work. His appointment by Barr means that a a lot of things that have been kept out of sight are going to start coming out. So, do you remember Huber's role? A lot of media commentary over the last week or so misses the point about why then Attorney General Jeff Sessions tapped Huber and a team of prosecutors to assist Horowitz in his Spygate investigations. It was back on March 29th, 2018 that Sessions wrote a letter to lawmakers chairing the various Senate and House committees that he had appointed Huber to work in tandem with Horowitz's office. That letter was written by Sessions in response to a letter he received from Senator Chuck Grassley, Rep. Robert Goodlatte and Rep. Gowdy, in which they demanded the appointment of a special counsel to investigate the origins of the Trump-Russia collusion hoax. So this special team of senior federal prosecutors that Huber was tapped to lead is doing its work far outside of Washington which is a big reason that the usual Washington leak culture suspects in Congress and in the news media have been unable to leak details from it. Interestingly, as the Inspector General for the DOJ, Horowitz actually has limited authority outside of the department. He has no ability to pursue people who are no longer there, such as former DOJ and FBI employees who were fired or who saw the handwriting on the wall and quickly resigned and left 
starting in early 2017. That might have put them outside of Horowitz's reach, but not Huber's. While Horowitz could dig deeply into the activities of those who were involved in the Trump-Russia-related investigations inside the DOJ and at the FBI during the 2016 election and beyond, he had extremely limited ability when it came to investigating other federal departments and agencies, such as the CIA or the State Department, both of whom had officials there play key roles in this scandal. It must also be remembered that several non-government entities played crucial roles in Spygate, including private contractors such as Fusion GPS. Those involved in the Spygate plot to spy on a presidential campaign and then attempted to orchestrate a coup against an incoming presidential administration got to take their best shot at Trump first. Comey got the special counsel he wanted to be appointed and for two years they were led to believe they had Trump on the ropes. Now the plotters are the ones who are going to be investigated. Indeed, the plotters are going to be the ones to be investigated. They're rushing like rats from a sinking ship. They're trying to figure out how to blame the other guy. It was him, not me. And when we come back after the break, I'm going to tell you exactly why John Huber, the federal attorney for Connecticut, is absolutely the perfect guy to conduct this investigation. Bill Barr knows exactly what he's doing. It's got the, uh, the Democrats in Washington spooked. And it's got the mainstream media absolutely silent right after these messages on Right Now with Jim Dawes. As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. Whether you have your own bathroom or you share one with your family, a little extra help keeping the bathroom sink, counter, and mirror clean goes a long way. And Viva paper towels are for the long haul. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. And they clean like cloth, helping you keep the surfaces in your bathroom dry and fingerprint and toothpaste-free. For an exceptional bathroom clean, there's Viva Paper Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America First perspective. Well, before we went out to the break, we were talking about the Connecticut federal attorney, John Huber, that has been appointed by Bill Barr to investigate the origins of the Russia Gate hoax and how it has now got. Jim Comey and uh, John Brennan and Clapper and the others that are involved in this uh, this unconstitutional illegality starting to say it was him, not me. He's the one that pushed the Russian hoax dossier, the Steele dossier. I didn't. I thought it was unverified, and I thought we shouldn't use it. J. 
James Comey, I predict, will be the first to flip because he is the one that uh, is the most implicated in this and stands the most to lose. He actually published a book which uh, liberal idiots bought up claiming that that Donald Trump was, in fact, a, a, a foreign agent occupying the White House continued to double down on his lies and illegality. And now Bill Barr has been brought in, and he's actually going to get to the bottom of it. I played you a clip back there that showed that uh, Bill Barr is thoroughly committed to the rule of law, that, that it be administered without favor, without political considerations, and he has absolutely no concern whatsoever what the journalists, so-called journalists, write about him. He is going to pursue doggedly his um, his fidelity to the Constitution. And this appointment of John Durham is absolutely perfect, and I'll tell you why. John Durham's got a history looking into wrongdoing by the intelligence and law enforcement agencies, and he was the one who was brought in in the aftermath of the Whitey Bulger scandal in Boston, the Cherry Hill gang, to uh, to expose what they had done. They had made Whitey Bulger a so-called confidential informant and used his information against his competing um, mafia bosses in Boston to make cases. The problem was that Whitey Bulger was providing them false information and accusing others of murders that he and his gang actually committed. And, oh, by the way, the FBI knew it. And they sent at least four innocent men to jail because of this. They were totally innocent of these charges. They spent decades in prison before John Durham was brought in to to untangle the mess, and oh, guess who was the federal attorney for Boston at the time and is implicated in all of this wrongdoing in Boston? I'll give you a second. You're absolutely right. None other than Robert Mueller. I believe Andrew Weissman was on his staff at the time, too. I'm not absolutely sure of that. But this guy that's supposed to be this paragon of virtue and, and integrity that we were told by the media, uh, Robert Mueller, actually they've turned on since he, uh, he failed to frame Donald Trump for Russia collusion. He was the guy that was in charge of all of this when Durham investigated and wrote a scathing report on the FBI that actually called for reforms in the use of so-called confidential informants. You can read that as a spy. Um, that the that the Justice Department and the CIA and the FBI violated in this current Spygate scandal. I've got another clip for you from Epoch Times talking about the whole connection between uh, John Durham and this Whitey Bulger scandal in Boston. 
Durham will scrutinise the conduct of several current and former senior FBI officials, including former Director James Coney, former Deputy Director Andrew McCabe and former Deputy Assistant Director Peter Strzok. Those officials were involved in obtaining a warrant to spy on former Trump campaign associate Carter Page and deployed at least two spies to target Trump campaign advisor George Papadopoulos. Now we know Durham may be one of the most uniquely qualified prosecutors for the job. As in the year 2000, he exposed a group of FBI officials who used murderers as informants. The agents covered up a murder committed by a pair of mobster informants by framing four innocent men. The conspiracy to cover up for the murder involved the agents, their supervisors and the FBI director himself. According to a ruling by a judge who awarded the frame men and their estates more than $100 million in 2006. The Bureau didn't appeal the ruling. Also, Durham's findings led to a congressional investigation of the FBI's use of confidential human sources. In 2003, Congress released a scorching 3,500-page report titled The FBI's Use of Murderers as Informants. The report concluded that the FBI's conduct in the case amounted to one of the greatest failures in the history of federal law enforcement. In the wake of the murderer informant law suit and investigation, the FBI overhauled its confidential human source program. As a result, Durham will be probing the same program, which has been reformed as a result of his prior work. Also, Christopher Steele, the former British intelligence officer who compiled the infamous dossier of opposition research on Trump, was a confidential human source on the FBI's payroll during the 2016 election. Well, Steele was a confidential human source, so-called, a spy. So was Stephen Halper. So was Azra Turk, the pseudonym given by who I believe, and Papadopoulos agrees, was a CIA operative. I believe it'll come out. I'm absolutely convinced that Felix Sater was working for the CIA when he tried to dangle this Trump-Moscow project. I believe that um, that the, uh, Valenet Skyoff, the Russian attorney that set up the meeting in Trump Tower trying to frame the campaign, was, uh, was absolutely working for Fusion GPS, that the, that the uh, Department of Justice and the FBI were using as confidential informants through Christopher Steele. And this, ladies and gentlemen, this... That's why suddenly, after uh, stringing us along on a, a, a Russia collusion hoax for three years, the Washington Post and the New York Times have suddenly entirely lost interest in the whole issue of Russian interference in our elections. Because it's become quite clear that Christopher Steele was being fed Russian disinformation through the Kremlin's intelligence agencies designed to do just the opposite of what the mainstream media in the United States has been telling you. They were not trying to elect Donald Trump. They were absolutely trying to uh, harm the Trump campaign 
and elect Hillary Clinton. It, it is absolutely irrational for anybody to believe that Vladimir Putin would have favored Donald Trump over Hillary Clinton. Donald Trump on the campaign trail was saying he was going to unleash Americans' natural energy resources, which is an absolute death blow to the Russian economy that's based almost entirely on energy. Hillary Clinton, on the other hand, was promising to uh, block the Keystone XL pipeline and other pipelines and to keep our uh, our petroleum resources and natural gas resources in the ground and pursue this whole climate change hoax agenda that the Democrat Party has. So it's the big lie that Russia preferred Donald Trump over Hillary Clinton. Nothing could be further from the truth. They knew Hillary Clinton. They knew she could be bought. As a matter of fact, they had already bought her. They used Russian oligarchs to funnel $145 million at minimum to the Clinton foundations in exchange for favors while she was Secretary of State that included allowing Russian oligarchs to take control over 20% of the United States uranium resources. They tell, they've told so many giant lies, Orwellian lies really, in this whole scandal that it's hard to untangle them all. But Russia was most certainly trying to undermine the Trump campaign. And you've got the former head of the FFSB, the Russian intelligence agency, feeding disinformation through through Christopher Steele and Stephen Hopper that the FBI used as a predicate to spy on his campaign. And all of this is uh, is going to blow up in their faces. And that's why, ladies and gentlemen, after three years of feeding you lies, now that the truth is finally being revealed, the New York Times and the Washington Post wants to change the subject. It's unbelievable. Well, I wanted to ask you something. If you believe that Fox News is actually ideologically aligned with an America First agenda or a conservative agenda, are you still buying that? Are you watching Chris Wallace on his Sunday shows where he takes a sledgehammer to the Trump administration and promotes these, uh, these Democrat candidates at every opportunity? Have you seen the kind of MSNBC-like coverage that Shepard Smith puts on every day on, on the Fox News airwaves? Absolutely dishonest and over-the-top Rachel Maddow type of coverage? And have you seen these Fox News town halls where they're giving these, uh, these Marxist and yes, I do mean Marxist, Democrat candidates, free airtime, an hour's worth, while they lob them softball questions. You've had Bernie Sanders on there, <laughs> who was allowed to, to get away with a lot. Yeah, uh, Martha and uh, Brett pressed him a little bit, but was mostly very gentle with him, certainly much more gentle 
with him than they would have been with Donald Trump. And you've had uh, Klobuchar have a town hall meeting, and now um, the uh, the South Bend, Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg, 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 Mayor Pete was on there uh, with with Chris Wallace. They they trotted out their so called top newsman Chris Wallace to give this guy. An hour's worth of free airtime. <laughs> Elizabeth Warren says she wouldn't go on there. And each of these candidates that they have had on there have taken time to slam Fox News and their audience while they were being given free airtime. All of this, ladies and gentlemen, goes back to what Fox News really is. Fox News realizes that by far the biggest market. And cable news is for middle America, not appealing to the far left fringes like CNN and MSNBC does, but uh, but uh, but uh, giving news that is a sort of confirmation bias for middle America. But the people at the head of this network, uh, Lynch on Murdoch and uh, and his brother, they are not true believers. They are. Manhattan cocktail party liberals who are absolutely determined that Fox News not take the blame if and when Donald Trump is reelected. And that's why they're put, putting on these town halls for all of these Democrat candidates. And they've been the, the hosts of these town halls have been instructed, apparently, by looking at it. To not get too aggressive with these people. Don't really muddy them up. Don't uh, don't ask them the really hard questions. Yes. Sort of, uh, you know, uh, 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 ask them questions, but don't uh, don't really press them. Here's uh, here's when old Bernie Sanders appeared on his town hall and uh, and they they let him off the hook when they could have been much, much more hard-hitting and they're they were questioning your taxes do show that you're a millionaire you did make a million in 2016 2017 you're right the 561 in 2018 but your marginal tax rate tax rate was 26 percent because of president trump's tax cuts so why not say you know i'm leading this revolution i'm not going to take those (laughs) come on did you hear what he did there he scoffed at the notion he scoffed at the notion that he actually pay the tax rate that he wants everybody else to pay now you would have thought a follow-up question would be why are you scoffing at that you're advocating that uh, the rest of us pay this rate and oh by the way we we're not millionaires come on but during the i am i paid the taxes that i owe and by the way why don't you got Donald Trump up here and ask him how much he pays in taxes? Well, guess what? Donald Trump pays the taxes he owes as well, and he's paid on the one um, 1040 that we have been released that was breathlessly released by Rachel Maddow. He paid $53 million in one year. He paid more taxes than, than even Bernie and his uh, lofty millionaire status earned has ever earned. 
But Donald Trump has used real estate depreciation in order to zero out his taxes. So have, if you're not aware of it, the vast majority of real estate developers. And they're using the tax laws that have been engineered to favor big business to pay as minimal taxes as possible. And while Bernie on the campaign trail rails against that, all of a sudden when he becomes the beneficiary of it, he thinks it's absurd that he would be allowed to live or pay the amount of taxes that he advocates for everybody else. Yeah, well, uh, uh, I am eagerly awaiting your doing that. Well, we'd love to have you. We would love we'll, to have we'll make that question. Up we and the president, I guess the president watches your network a little bit, right? <laughs> hey, President Trump, my wife and I just released 10 years. Please do the same. Let the American people know how much we're doing. All right, but just just to wrap that up, you do spend a lot of time vilifying millionaires. No, I don't vilify. The fact that I think people who are doing phenomenally well right now, as you know, for 40 years we have seen a shrinking middle class. You've got 40 million people living in poverty. And today, it just so happens that the very wealthy are doing incredibly wealthy. They are doing well. They're not doing as well as they were before the uh, the Trump tax uh, cuts the truth of the matter is uh, the people that they like to call as um you know the the wealthy are the corporations the tax cuts that uh, trump and the republican congress passed were a huge uh tax cut to corporations and that is because the united states of america had become one of the highest taxed developed nations in the world which was resulting in our major corporations fleeing to lower tax environments, including Europe and Ireland and other places. And when you, when you tax corporations like that, you destroy jobs. And oh, by the way, when those, uh, when those corporations have to pay these higher taxes, your return on your retirement account and your pensions also takes a big hit. So the Democrats love to claim that they support workers, but you cannot support workers without also supporting the uh, employers that create these jobs. And you only have to look at the proof in the pudding that these tax cuts on big corporations have indeed returned millions of uh, uh, jobs to the United States, including massive numbers of good-paying, middle-class manufacturing jobs and resulted in historically low unemployment. And finally, after 40 years of establishment tax policies in Washington, D.C., rising incomes for for working people. But um, but the, but these, uh, these town halls on Fox absolutely expose the true agenda of the Murdoch family and the, the Murdoch sons, they are going to do everything in their power to, uh, to make sure that the, the Democrats win in 2020, including setting up these town halls that give them an hour, the candidates an hour of free airtime and allowing them to pack the audience with clapping, cheering supporters and lobbing them one softball after the next and allowing them to get away with it. You know, the, the, the proper follow-up question to Bernie Sanders when he scoffed at paying the tax rates that he 
advocates would have been um, this president has in fact gotten um, the unemployment rate as close to zero as most economists will uh, say is possible. And and workers are finally receiving pay raises. Isn't that what you advocate? No, that is not what he advocates. What he advocates is government control over our economy, the end of free enterprise, the taxation levels that would cause um, uh, corporations to flee this country. He's basically advocating exactly what you see the result of in Venezuela today and in Cuba before that and the Soviet Union before that. China is a, a communist dictatorship, but they no longer practice communist uh, a communist economy. They've got uh, the best of both worlds from an authoritarian's point of view. They've got a one-party communist system that requires you to... Um, you know, uh, be totally supportive of of their dictatorship. You've got a uh, a controlled economy that uh, that can uh, be in it for the long haul. That's not necessarily better, but there are also downsides to uh, our economy that looks to the bottom line in the next quarterly report. But that's what Bernie is. Bernie's a Marxist. And to not get him on Fox News if he if he agreed to come on and just hammer him on that just exposes uh, the the game over there at Fox News. I'm not saying that uh, uh, Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram aren't doing a great job. Martha McCallum is the best straight news program on TV. But as it gets closer and closer to 2020, you're going to see them. Uh, more and more trying to undermine Trump's re-election campaign. Speaking of re-election, they had a, uh, an election over there in Australia that has many parallels to what happened in the United States back in 2016 in that the, the, um, the conservative candidate was pushing back on these prescriptions, uh, uh, socialist prescriptions against climate change. And, um, you know, promising to to uh, use the government government's power to control the economy over there. And uh, and you had a, a left wing party that was espousing all of those ideas and the so-called pollsters were saying that it was going to be a slam dunk that the conservative nationalist party over there was going to go down to uh, defeat. All of them agreed. And yet, the morning after election day, the conservatives, the nationalists, were declared the victors. And the problem there is twofold. One, the pollsters are mostly aligned with the left wing. And they uh, they ask the questions in such a way that will encourage the left wing to believe that they're going to win. And at the same time, they've so vilified uh, any uh, any of the voters' nationalistic impulses that they may not be answering the uh, uh, the pollsters' questions honestly. 
The truth of the matter is, at this point, climate change has been exposed as a hoax. They have been predicting Armageddon, climate Armageddon, for so many years now. It has never come to pass, and it's been just illustrated. They're, they're liars. And while people know that they're supposed to believe in this, because supposedly 95% of climate change scientists believe in it too, it's a giant lie, they know that it is a, another one of these hoaxes, and uh, and they're not willing to sacrifice their children and their grandchildren's economic future to pursue another Democrat hoax. And so the trends are good. The nationalist trends are good. Trump had uh, Peter Orban of Hungary to the White House. That was absolutely great. We're going to do a show on that tomorrow. All the trends are for people retaking control of their nations from the left-wing globalists. And it's happened again in Australia. It's absolutely great news. On the few minutes I've got left, I want to comment just briefly on this Alabama abortion law. You know, the abortion debate was setting up quite nicely. It was exposing the Democrats of having a radical position on this, including infanticide, late-term abortions, up to the minute when the baby was born, and then even after when uh, the Virginia Governor Northam, who is a pediatrician by trade, exposed the fact that uh, after the baby was born, there would be a discussion between the doctor and the mother whether or not the baby would be allowed to live. But now these Democrats in Alabama have let the, uh, I mean, these Republicans in Alabama have let the Democrats off the hook by passing an equally radical abortion law, banning abortion in all instances, including rape and incest. Now, I'm sorry. I am pro-life. I mostly keep my mouth shut on it because uh, I believe this is a woman's issue. But if you think that a woman who is raped ought to be required to carry their rapist baby and and give birth to that baby, you have absolutely lost your mind. First of all, if a woman's raped, she's going to know very early in her pregnancy whether or not, or and will know shortly whether or not that rape resulted in a pregnancy, and she can end that uh, pregnancy at the most humane time. But if you think that a woman, after having suffered the indignities of a rape, should then be required to carry her rapist baby and give birth to that baby, I'm sorry. That is, uh, I mean, I understand the logic behind it, but uh, it's absolutely unacceptable. So the Democrats had the more extreme position, and now the Republicans have not been able to resist themselves and jumped on with uh, equally, not equally, but almost uh, as radical a proposition themselves. Well, that takes us to the end of this edition. Thanks for joining us. I hope you'll come back here again tomorrow for another edition of Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. 
Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Haverty's Furniture is here to help you get your home all set for the new year so you can set the stage with more style, set the bar more beautifully, and set a more show-stopping table. Let's set some time aside to settle in on a new sofa together because being at home shouldn't mean having to settle for less. And Haverty's Furniture can help you start the new year off right at their holiday savings event so you can create the perfect setting. And right now, everything's on sale store-wide. 